buzzworthy TV gets small, how choice, tech, and attention are reshaping what we watch, and is Netflix good for movie theaters? This is episode 87 of Media Unplugged, the podcast that goes behind the spin to reveal what's really happening in media. Media Unplugged with Tom A. Sacker and Mark Ramsey. Welcome to Media Unplugged. I'm Mark Ramsey. And I'm Tom A. Sacker. Tom, an entirely too long title, I know. Buzzworthy TV gets small. How choice, tech, and attention are reshaping what we watch. I don't even know how you can get those words out of your mouth without stumbling over them. I know. It's a struggle. Well, we were working across a, a bunch of articles today, uh, one of which was from Media Village, one from uh, eMarketer, and one even from The Hollywood Reporter, all on this subject of TV getting small and big at the same time. And it's kind of and it relates to our second topic as well. So let's dive into it. Yeah. Um, the first piece from Media Village, it's a smart TV device world after all. Lots of surprising stats in here. Usually when we hear about kind of the 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 magnifying universe of television options and the shrinking devices on which we view those options, the thinking is, well, we're going to view more shorter things on smaller, more convenient handheld devices, right? Oh, well, that was the thinking. <laughs> that was the thinking. It turns out it's not so. There's a, a growing percentage of audience, according to the uh, big uh, companies like Hulu, YouTube, and Refinery29, a growing percentage of their audience is not watching their content via smartphone, tablet, or computer. No, no, no. They're watching their content in one way or another through the television set. How about that? Here, here we're talking <laughs> about both connected TVs and the connected devices that go to the TVs, the Amazon Fires, the Apple TVs, the Rokus like I have. Um, and we're talking about a, a rising kind of chorus of, of over-the-top uh, platforms, um, some of which haven't even come out yet. DC Universe from Warner Brothers, Warner Media is not out yet. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that's not out yet that's, that's well, coming. Disney's platform is coming, right? Disney's platform is a perfect example. Um, so the statistics are really quite remarkable. There's a growing sense that penetration of smart sets and devices has reached critical mass in the U.S. TV households, uh, uh, in, in the U.S. TV households universe, and usage of these products are still in forward momentum mode. Listen to these stats. According to Nielsen, 76 million or 63% of all TV households possess at least one smart setter device, a more than 50% increase from winter 2016 to 17. That's huge. That is, that is astounding. Yep. You know, it's funny. There's an old Chinese expression, may you live in interesting times. I don't know if anyone's really sure if it's a blessing or it's a curse because it's been used in both ways. But either way, these mm -hmm. are interesting times for media brands mm -hmm. and increasingly for the brands who've relied on the media to tell their stories and help move their products for the past hundred years. I mean, think about what is going on out here. The, the, the whole system is, is up for grabs. I mean, no one is really sure how this is going to all play out. It's, I, I mean, if let's look, let's look at you and I, let's just talk about video for a second, right? Sure. Because it, it, it's big. I mean, TV advertising is still digital hasn't caught up yet. It may catch up in the next few years. But let's look at video, which is pervasive because of the collapsing barriers to production and distribution. I still don't sure. believe people understand how many videos are on YouTube. I don't even know mm -hmm. if they can even measure it, right? But if right. you get a clear view of this unfolding future, let's think about how are people going to watch video. Like you said, there was an assumption that everyone is just going to start watching short little things on their phone, I guess. Right, right. So right. you got the phone. 
You've got the computer that people still use, right? If you're at your desk, mm -hmm. if you're kicking back on your dormitory bed, you're looking at your computer maybe. You've got smart TVs, and then VR is, you know, virtual reality is going to come along at some point. Sure, sure. So you've got these four screens. The competition right now for the phone is out of control. Mm -hmm. Everyone's jumping into that with anything they can think of. Mm -hmm. The TV set is going to be the, the other big competitive arena. And like you said, you, you rattled them off. Roku, you know, Chromecast, Apple TV, right. Fire, all of these guys. What do you think that they're going to do in partnerships? We're already starting to see it happen. They're not going to let you get a Roku stick and stick it in the back of a TV. They're going to make a Roku TV so that you can't right. unplug that stick and stick another one in it. And so is Apple and so is Amazon. This is the future. It's I I just I can see it unfolding right before my eyes. What's going to happen? It's going to be really interesting. So where do you think that's going to go? Because I mean, uh, you know, with the exception of Apple, because if Apple makes anything, it has a particular, you know, luster uh, to it uh, that other makers and products don't have. But other than that, I mean, an Amazon TV, you know, an Amazon Fire TV doesn't sound like the must-have product of 2019, does I, it? I saw it at Best Buy. I was, but that doesn't make it the must-have product of 2019. Okay, all right. I'll tell you what. You want me to, you want me to give you a must-have product? Yeah. Just roll with me on this, okay? okay? And I know nothing about this. This is coming from the top of my head, so take it or leave it. It doesn't matter. So who's going to ask? Who's going to access the control the access to the eyeballs? Because that's what having this connected TV is about. It's not you saying I'm not going to allow other content on it. It's owning the home screen. Well, I mean, for example, look at what Google's doing with Google TV right now. You can you can uh, you you can cut the cord and get a decent volume of ever an ever growing and decent volume of channels in a lot of markets in the U.S. right now, including the one I'm in. Right. And uh, you can do it through Google, you can do it through Chromecast, and you never have to watch another, uh, 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 any other option uh, again, if you don't want to, assuming you can get it through Google. Assuming you can get it through Google, right? So look, this is what's going to go on. Here it is. I'll give you the hypothetical. You tell me why this won't happen. You see how Amazon is bundling everything that they do so that you don't really know what they make money on? You just don't know, right? Right. That's right. All right. So let's say Walmart says, okay, we have our own streaming service, right, with Voodoo. And we're, what we're going to do is we are going to build that with, you know, with a partner into a Walmart, into a Voodoo smart TV. Mm -hmm. And we're going to own access to the OTT market through this television screen. And you know how okay. much the TV costs? Nothing. 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 Come to Walmart and get a 50-inch TV. You're saying Walmart essentially gives away the TV. Why not? Um, <laughs> they could monetize it, everything with advertising if they wanted to. Bezos is going that direction now. He's offering an advertising package. You, you know, you and I are paying this membership for Prime, and now he's offering right. some other thing where you get ads with it. It's, it's really right. interesting what's happening. 
It is interesting. I'm a little uncertain of where it's going to go, frankly, although I see the directionality just as you do. I'm, I'm, and I find it fascinating that I can last night be watching, you know, episode whatever, five of Jack Ryan starring John Krasinski <laughs> on Amazon Prime, paid for by the fact that I'm getting, you know, paper towels uh, shipped to my home. It's a, it's a strange. This is what I'm trying. It's a strange thing. This I is mean, what, cl- you're right. Listen, you know what they're going to do, Mark? Whatever the consumer will tolerate. Bezos mm-hmm. has been putting advertising on some of these games now, like video games, mm-hmm. and the gamers are pissed off. Like, what are you doing? We paid for this. What are you, what are you doing with these ads on here? So they're mm-hmm. going to do whatever, like a drip, 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 to see what people are going to tolerate. Mm-hmm. That's what they're going to do to see what the model is because no one knows what the model is. That's, that's what's very interesting. It's being built Right before our eyes, we're watching this whole new thing take shape. In which way is it going to go? I don't know. It depends on which way everyone moves and pushes and pulls. Well, here's what I'll tell you. If, if, if a Walmart were to be at the center of this new universe, then a Walmart's going to have to be a hell of a lot more invested in content than it is today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right? a, that, yeah, that's a, no, mean, that's a no-brainer. I, right. One thing I can say about Amazon, you know, with all due respect to uh, Jack Ryan— you don't really go to Amazon and say they have the best original content. Yeah, I get it. But, but, the, but then again, Amazon wasn't a, a movie studio either. So it's not like you can't do it. Oh, no, it's possible. No, absolutely right. it's possible. But you look at these situations, you look across platforms, and you see, you see, hmm. So Sasha Baron Cohen has been like the prime driver to Showtime subscription over the past year. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. Showtime isn't making televisions. Um, uh, Jack Ryan, I'm sure, is going to be uh, influential in uh, in driving uh, Prime subscriptions under the assumption that there's much headroom left there. Frankly, it's hard for me to imagine there is in the U.S. anyway. Um, we know that uh, Handmaid's Tale has been huge in the growth of That's true, Hulu yeah. because in the absence of Handmaid's Tale, I mean, I, I can't even think of what Hulu has. Um, so it, it's interesting that content is at the center of all of these things, but if there's anything that's scarce other than raw human attention, Tom, it's great content. Oh, I isn't know. It? Believe me. Listen, I've got Amazon Prime and Netflix, and I have to search all over the place to find something to watch, which is kind of crazy <laughs> if you think about how many channels are on these things. Not only that, but has it struck you how incredibly difficult it is to keep it all straight? I mean, my wife and I are sitting there thinking, wait a minute. Okay, we want to see the show with that woman who was on Fringe, the, the Australian <laughs> show. Is that Amazon yeah. or is that Netflix? And the cost of making the wrong decision means you're fumbling around the wrong platform. You have to back out. You have to go to the right platform. You have to fumble around there. Oh, I know. The, I know. I get the looks. You know, believe me. I get it. Listen, that's why the, what's happening in the in the world of content is what happened in the world of consumer packaged goods. Once mm-hmm. the shelves become jammed with stuff, now who is best at getting your attention? It, it, it Call it findability. I mean, there's some great stuff on Netflix. You just don't know how to find it. Well, you don't know how to find it. And there's only, I mean, look, there's, it's what anybody says about anything. There's only so much time, right? Oh well, yeah, they're not making any. I wish they would. No, so I mean, it, it's 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 such an interesting puzzle. But boy, if I'm Walmart looking at this situation, I've got to be looking at it with some degree of envy. 
saying, you know, wait a minute, what is it that Amazon's done exactly that we couldn't have engineered ourselves if we had started doing it 5, 10, 15 years ago? Right. Okay. And you know what? True. But also look at, you know what I think is going to be a, a key tipping point is this article that you sent regarding the NFL and what their eventual decision is going to be once their contract expires with the networks in 2022. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about that, Mark. I mean, the reason that they're not doing it right now is, number one, yes, they have a contract. The other thing is they're nervous about the quality of the live stream, right, online. Right, sure. They're nervous the about The reliability it. of it, yeah. Right. So they're saying, hey, wait a minute, what if this thing goes down, you know? Now, imagine we get all that right by 2022, mm -hmm. and someone, one of these, you know, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Walmart, whoever they are, gets the contract exclusive. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the signups will be like? It's ridiculous. People think that this is like something to do with reach. And you want to increase the reach? Tell every American if they want to watch the Super Bowl or the World Series, they have to have a smart TV device. That's it. That's right. All done. Because you look at, and, and look at what happened just like pro boxing. People want to watch like the Mayweather-McGregor fight. They spent $100 to watch mm -hmm. one fight. It could, it could have lasted 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all you do is you go get these big events. And you, you and I talked about big events a lot. Get the big event. You'll drive the sign-ups. Let's talk about the, uh, some of the ratings, winners, and losers, because it kind of relates to this topic. And I found some of these trends to be fascinating because so many of the rising ratings winners, as it were, are come from unexpected places. And so many of the tried and trues are still big, but they're clearly being cannibalized by some of these new new shows. Right. Uh, for example, Yellowstone on the, the Paramount Network, formerly Spike, I think, uh, which is the Kevin Costner Western uh, saga. Uh, 5.3 million viewers in Live Plus 7. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just plain huge, no matter what their age is. Oh, yeah. Uh, we talked about the Sasha Baron Cohen thing with Showtime. Um, Sharp Objects, 7 million weekly viewers across platforms, which is uh, not only is that remarkable, but for a series uh, toned that way. Right. <laughs> so incredibly dark. That just strikes me as, as stunning. Um, America's Got Talent. Uh, NBC is seeing an average 3.0 rating uh, among adults, uh, 14 million viewers, which is uh, pretty amazing. There are a bunch of reality shows, ABC Sunday game shows, $100,000 pyramid to tell the truth. Uh, they were able to improve their numbers, and they're doing uh, the reality things like TLC, Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 2.9 million viewers in Live Plus 7. The Losers, the World Cup is down. Broadcast TV in general, they say, is down. Right. Uh, America's Got Talent may still be number one, but Tuesday episodes are down 12% uh, compared to a year ago. The Bachelorette is off 8.5%. Uh, Love Connection, World of Dance, uh, Big Brother is down 19%. That's what I yeah. Look. But you know what's worse than that? Scripted broadcast shows. Unbelievable. Um, the summer's top-rated scripted show in Adults 80 to 49 in Live Plus 3 is the canceled Code Black at 1.1. This is what I'm telling you. Unbelievable. That, that's now, what, that so, goes to show you what the, what the level of competition is doing. 
Yeah, so the, these prestige scripted things that are off network on cable or over the top or whatever are sucking up that kind of prestige audience. And what's left is the audience for kind of the live game show, <laughs> exactly. you know, the competition show, the unscript, the so-called unscripted reality show. It's changing the face of television. I think in the long run, you look forward and say, well, other than yet another Murphy Brown, um, yet another Magnum P.I., which are both coming back. Um, the, the, the new shows that we're going to see on television are not going to be on broadcast at all. They'll either be reality shows on broadcast or they'll be off-network shows, cable, over-the-top, etc. And that's where the prestige stuff is going to show up. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, with the, even Fear the Walking Dead is, is, is flat to down from what it had been accustomed to doing. And I don't need to say that the Walking Dead franchise, when it comes back in October, it's what, like six, seven, eight, eight seasons deep now? Right. It's only got another couple of seasons in it. Um, it. It's really a fast-changing world, and it's changing in really unpredictable ways. And even though a lot of it's being mediated by uh, the quality of the content, I say again, Tom, there's only so many stars, there's only so many showmakers, there are only so many good ideas, and there's only so much will to market it to a mass audience. You know, it's not every show that can get a above-the-box banner on Amazon. Yeah, but look. <laughs> not Amazon Prime, Amazon. No, I'm with you. But look, when you say you know, there's only so many so many shows, so much talent, so it's a world market now. I don't know about you, but I've watched some great British. I've watched some great Australian productions. You know, there's some great stuff from India coming over. It, mm -hmm. it's it, it's there's a flood of content so that's true it, it, this is wide open i mean it now's the time if you if you're trying to figure out the future you best create it <laughs> well we better get off this podcast what are we doing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to media unplugged with tom maysacker and mark ramsey tom Related topic, really, is Netflix good for movie theaters? Now, this is fascinating to me. And I've tried like hell to, to <laughs> dig out some metrics that challenge some of the premises of this article. And I think they are so cleverly hidden that I can't possibly find them. So maybe you can help me. Oh, I'm so, not sure. I had a problem with it, too. So here's the piece from, from Ad Age. Despite Netflix, movie theaters had best summer in decades. Now... <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, first of all, Netflix has nothing to do with movie theaters. And here they are hauled into the title of this article because the premise is that in a world of Netflix with all that choice, you wouldn't possibly go to see the, anything in a movie theater. <laughs> Even though, as we all well know, movie theaters has the, have this stubborn habit of bringing us two and three hundred million dollar tentpole opuses, if that's a word that will never be seen on Netflix, but for, you know, six to 12 months, if then. Um, so I, I mean, it's like comparing a night out at a restaurant is the same thing as bringing home food from that same restaurant. It's, it's not the same thing. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's like saying a night out at a restaurant compared to bringing home that food in six months. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> having it, I'm bringing it home, but I'm, I can only eat it in six months. That's what it means. And people are saying, you know what? I want that wonderful meal tonight. I don't want to wait for that wonderful meal for six months. That's what it's like. So here's the piece, basically. Okay, they're having a great summer. There are a lot of big movies out this year. Notice I said big, not great. 
But the conclusion of the guy from the National Association of Theater Owners, hardly <laughs> an unbiased <laughs> spokesperson, the notion that streaming has led to a decline in cinema attendance is really over-exaggerated. By the way, over-exaggerated I know. That's means, kind of like a run-on. You don't yeah, need... <laughs> it's like you don't really need the over-exaggerated. That whole statement is over-exaggerated, if you ask me. So summer ticket revenue. And again, they're confusing, though, not just the number of theater visits with revenue, but they're, they're, they're assuming that theater visits correspond to theater goers, you know, and these are the stats I can't find. It's easy to find how much money is spent in a movie theater. Right. That amount of money is a function of repeat visits and ticket prices, First, assuming the number of theaters is, is stable, which it generally is. So those numbers are on the rise this particular year after being off terribly last year with some in the presence of some lackluster fare at the movie theater. What I cannot find, Tom, is any indication that there are either more or fewer actual people going to the movie theaters <laughs> this year. What I can tell you is the average price of a ticket this year is up fairly significantly from 897 last year to 927 this year. This is the first time average ticket price has passed $9 and it's vaulted past $9 to $9.27. So it's it, the these numbers don't take into account, you know, you talk about the movies and crowded theaters and talk about the box office and so on. What they don't take into account besides inflation is higher ticket prices, um, the, whether or not they're actual different bodies coming to the theaters. And then, of course, they, they always kind of, they always make their projections right at the end of summer, which is a really good time to make them because you don't have to, you don't have to make a bet yet about the fall. You can hope that A Star is Born is going to be huge, which I doubt. You can hope that Mary Poppins Returns is going to be huge, which I doubt. But you don't have to make those bets just yet. So I found this to be very frustrating. The conclusion that streaming has nothing to do with the theatrical experience is questionable. Um, simply adding up the big tentpole movies, by the way, of which Walt Disney has a bigger portion of than right. ever, which is, you know, all virtually all tentpole stuff. Um, so what's your take? Yeah, no, look, it, it, it almost felt like a promotion to me because, like you said, there, yes, it did. There, was, it did. there were so many variables that no one can point to anything other than here's what happened. We're not sure why. You know, it, it, it's kind of like if, if somebody had all of the data at, at like this real finite level into some huge computer that could like do its AI magic on it, mm -hmm. that thing could spit back out and go, hey, you know what we've discovered? This summer, the, it was so hot and humid and rainy that they people filled the movie theaters. <laughs> we, who knows? I mean, it could be weather related for all we know. You know, they just it could be. And but you know that out there somewhere are stats that say, look, we've got you know repeat visitors, and you know repeat visitors are great. What I'm talking about are people who have dropped off the map altogether because you know I can wait until that umpteenth Thor movie comes out on Netflix, on Amazon Prime, on wherever. I can wait. I don't need to go to the movie theater right now. 
I'm happy to rent it down the road in three months. No, I'm with you. And Look, that's what's not being factored. No, in. they're not. And you know, and, and we've said it a million times. It, it, it's an experience. It's not the same to put Netflix up on the same line. Doesn't look. I took my daughter golfing the other day. I could have gone to the driving range and saved a whole lot of money, you know, and I would have saved a lot of golf balls that I hit in water in the woods and all that. But it's mm-hmm. not the same experience. Yes, you're swinging a club. Yes, a little white ball is flying through the air. But it's not the same thing. And sitting in front of your television set is not the same thing as going out to a movie, grabbing a bite to eat later with friends, having drinks, talking about the movie. It's still an experience. Well, and that's why I think the golden age of television is where this prestige, adult, dramatic content ends up. Uh, because this is hardly the golden age of movies. This is the golden age of superhero movies, maybe. Well, I'll make a but prediction. I'll make a prediction. What is it? I'll predict now that you want to you want a blockbuster at at the movie theater, especially on IMAX, and it's not going to be a superhero movie. Wow. I'm, I'm going to make uh, I'm going to make yes, a prediction. I do. Let's hear what it is. Okay, and then later on in the future show, we can see if I was even close. The upcoming. Queen, a movie about Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Watch, watch what I say. Watch what I'm telling you. You think that's going to be a big one? I think it's going to be big. If they, if, they, if they do a good job of promoting it, I watched just some of the previews, and I was like, I had chills. I, I like wanted to go see the movie. So we'll, well see. I've seen the, I've seen the, pre- as you know, I get all these things in the fall, right? Right. Uh, I've seen the previews. I certainly haven't seen the movie yet. I don't even know if it's done yet. But uh, I think you're wrong. <laughs> and but I think you're wrong for a good reason, and that is that um, I, I, I mean, Queen is um, it, it's I get the story, I get the whole thing. Queen is a million years old. I mean, that's just a million years old. And uh, the 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 guy from iRobot, um, I can't remember. I'm blanking out on his name. Yeah, I know. I hear he's really good in it. I know he's really good in it, even though he's much shorter than Freddie Mercury. Um, <laughs> I hear he's really good, and who knows? Maybe there's an award in his future. There's but a I lot tell of you, us million-year-old people still out there. I know, <laughs> but here's the one. I'm here's my bet. Go ahead. And I don't think it's going to be any bigger than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. By the way, First Man. Who's in that? About Neil Neil Armstrong. Oh, you think? Well, that's even older than Queen. <laughs> 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 yes, I, uh, that's that's true. Yeah, here you true. go you telling me right. why I'm wrong, and then you pick something more wrong. No, I I said to you for a fact that it's not going to be any bigger. Well, it might be bigger than Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, well that's Rhapsody let's make a little side little side bet on this. I'll okay, take Bohemian Rhapsody. Man. You take First Man, and we'll compare the numbers. All right, all right, First Man. Okay, I I I don't know. I'm willing to bet Ryan Gosling over. Uh, I can't even remember the guy's name now. Uh, from iRobot. <laughs> okay, I'll anybody that agrees Gosling with me out there, Boy. then go to go to Twitter and hashtag Media Unplugged Bohemian Rhapsody. If you agree with Mark, put yes, Media Unplugged you, First Man. Let's check the Q score on Ryan Gosling versus Rami Malek. There please, you go. And let's see who wins. Okay, <laughs> it's time for rants and raves, Tom. Oh, man. Where do I even begin? There is so much to rant and rave about that I think I'm just going <laughs> to... What I'm going to do is I'm going to rattle off a few that caught my attention, and then I'm going to let you and the listeners find the meaning behind them instead of me ranting right. on the meaning. How's that sound? Sounds, that sounds great. All right. So first up, and I'm sure everyone has heard about it because that's the point of it, 
is Nike has signed Colin Kaepernick, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback who sparked controversy for kneeling during the national anthem, to a new Just Do It campaign. Now, the tagline is perfect. Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Now, since the announcement, there's been a bit of an online backlash, and Nike's stock has taken a little bit of a hit. So time will tell us what Nike really believes in, right? <laughs> so that's the, that's the first one I saw. Next up, I love the fact that the nonprofit organization PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, pressured Nabisco to free its animal crackers. And so the parent company, Mondelez, has dropped the 116-year-old design of caged circus animals from the packaging of Barnum's Animals. So they are now running free, as they should, before we eat them. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. <laughs> okay, as a, as a one-time consumer of animal crackers, the thing about those little containers yeah. is that they're shaped like a cage. I know, I know. They're not That's shaped. That's the whole... It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor <laughs> not for victimizing animals. It's a metaphor for containing all the delicious cookies in one rectangular <laughs> box that happens to be cage-shaped. I didn't say it made sense. I, mean? I said there was meaning in all of these things. You have to find the meaning for yourself. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. All right, I don't where, think all right, that's where's the, the meaning in this? Move. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Kevin Spacey's new movie, Billionaire Boys Club, made $126 when it opened across 10 theaters in the United States on August 17th. It's funny that you mentioned that one because I almost picked that one and then I saw it everywhere and I thought, oh, this is too much of a pile on it. 126, <laughs> that means 10 people paid to see Billionaire Boys Clubs. I honestly don't know how that's even possible, well, first of all, you know, that's, that, that's the, that it can be that, 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 that's that low. But see, this is why I say to you, people aren't actually going to the movie theaters. It's just people <laughs> looking for capes and, you know, and cowls. That's who's going to the movie theaters now. All right. I got two more. Right. One is, I don't know if you heard of this. There's this new online magazine. It's called the, this is true. This is not a joke. It's called The Disconnect. It, it's an offline magazine, offline only magazine. But okay. uh, you hear what I'm saying? It's an yeah. online magazine, but you cannot read it unless you're offline because the site uses oh. a browser feature to check whether you're online. If you're online, it won't, it won't let you read it when you're online. So wouldn't it be easier to just make it on paper? <laughs> Look, it's a complete paradox. It's a magazine that you can only get to online, but you can't read it online. It sounds to me like the kind of magazine that's designed for a PR firm to get you to talk about just long enough so you can forget about it and move on to something I have else. no idea. Look, it shows you that they can track you, but then they don't track you. And many of the stories are about internet behavior patterns that, that they're asking you to break from. It's, it's kind of interesting. Nice. So, and then, I've, and then the last, but not least, Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. Oh, this is mine. Now you picked mine. Let's hear it. Oh, I can't do it then. I'll let you do no, it. You got to do it. You got, I want to hear your take on it. Well, they said that they're done with Australian leaders. It says, oh no, I don't know this one. Oh yeah, it says I have that, a different one. It seems that the turnover in prime ministers is so rapid in Australia 
that the museum Sydney outpost can't make wax figures fast enough. <laughs> so so that they're done with them. <laughs> so that's all I have. <laughs> that is great. Well, <clears throat> as you know, if there's anything I specialize in, and it's been months, so let's give ourselves a, a pat on the back. You've done really it's well. News from <laughs> the world of wax museums, because I find this anachronistic throwback utterly fascinating uh, for the fact that people continue to want to go to these places, uh, you know, coincidentally located in high traffic tourist areas exclusively and uh, still have some weird fascination with standing next to what amounts to a cardboard cutout of someone that you may recognize or may not from their wax disposition. So anyway, in the news today, I got to give credit to Madame Tussauds, though, because they are marketing geniuses because <laughs> if once you look at a situation and say, you know what, there's just no more, no more leverage to be gotten from wax figures, <laughs> what do we do next? And the answer, Tom, the answer will startle you and maybe appall you. But the answer is, instead of using creating wax figures, create real people, but put wax faces on them. What are you talking about? Oh, this is a, a this is. Just on a recent episode of, um, what, what's it called? Britain's Got Talent. Um, is it Britain's Got Talent? Yeah, Britain's Got Talent. If you look off into the stands, the audience of Britain's Got Talent, you'll see two very familiar faces. They will be the faces of Prince Harry and Princess Meghan. They will be the faces of Prince Harry and Princess Meghan, but they will be wax faces on top of people who are not. Prince Harry and Princess <laughs> Meghan, and they will be looking at each other and laughing. So the, their faces will not move, right? But their heads will move and their bodies will move. It reminds you, if you look at the video, it's very reminiscent of the Burger King thing. Remember with the <laughs> creepy Burger King guy with that weird Burger King head? Yep. That's what this is, except it's Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wax faces on real people. And as the, as the headline in uh, Huffington Post says, Prince Harry and Meghan's, Meghan Markle's wax faces on real people will give you nightmares. The fake, duck duke, blah, the fake Duke and Duchess of Sussex are just convincing enough to be unsettling. So what's funny, though, is I was watching a video. We'll have to put a link to this. Who made these faces? Madame Tussauds. This is a promo no, for Madame Tussauds. No, you're kidding Tussauds. me. They did it? No. They're, 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 they're now adding walking wax figures human wax figures to their portfolio <laughs> of stationary wax figures, okay? It's going to be like, you know, it, it's it's going to be like uh, the the the, um, the footprints in cement up in Hollywood yeah. where all the people in, in bad knockoff costumes come around looking for a, a buck oh, so that you can take your picture with them. Um, it's going to be like that, except Madame Tussauds. So here's the funny thing about this. I was I was looking online. There's a video that someone who was watching Britain's Gone Talent. Now, when this was on Britain's Gone Talent, it was kind of a surprise. So you didn't know, you looked off into the audience and there's, you know, the prince and princess. You didn't know that those were masks when you were looking at them. And it's a video that someone shot from his camera of his television. And he's remarking at how the prince and princess look like statues and how appalling it is. Look, their faces aren't even moving. <laughs> The guy said, it's like some Illuminati shit, he says, as he's taking the video of this. <laughs> and it's hilarious because he's got this three-minute-long video, and he hasn't 
pondered for a moment that those are actually masks. It's the funniest thing in the world. And it is uh, excellent uh, PR for Madame Tussauds. There they are. Britain's got talent. Prince and princess, except they're not. Appalling wax faces. Go online for yourself. I give these people credit. So they just sit around in meetings. They come up with strange friggin' ideas. And then they said, yeah, let's do it. Let's go put some wax faces on. By the way, wax faces are a heck of a lot less expensive than wax figures. That's true. (laughs) So we just need to figure out how to get a wax face on someone and not suffocate them. (laughs) But there are pictures of there are pictures of these two walking around and sitting across from each other and. It's great ah, because seems Harry's weird to me. It Harry's, reminds me of that Harry's Eyes Wide a, Shut movie or something. Yes, it, Harry's got a <laughs> wide smile, and Megan's just got a wide, you know, grin. Megan's just got a smile, but it's weird watching someone's head move and their expression never change. So, I highly recommend this. Wow, <laughs> for thrill seekers and and daredevils alike. How do you find this stuff? I don't know. That's Media Unplugged for this week. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening now. You can follow Tom on Twitter at Tom Asacker and Mark at Mark Ramsey Media. Send us your questions and comments using hashtag Media Unplugged. If there's a media topic you want us to cover, tweet us. Of course, you can also email us at mramsey at markramseymedia.com and tomasecker at gmail.com. Catch up on older episodes at our website, mediaunplugged.net. Special thanks to the producer of Media Unplugged, Jeff Schmidt. Exciting audio for media. You can find him at jeff-schmidt.com. For Tom Asecker, I'm Mark Ramsey. Thanks for listening.